Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor Podcast. My name is Scott and in this episode we're going to be looking at the top players to target in Game Week 3 of Sun Dream Team. We'll also be sharing with you how my team got on in Game Week 2 and my transfer plans for Game Week 3. So let's get started. So as usual, I'm going to kick things off with the fixture grid from ffstuff.co.uk. It's a free website that really helps with your Sun Dream Team planning. And I've split the teams into two separate sections on the screen here. The teams that have European football this season only play once this game week, in game week three. And the teams that don't have Europe, they'll be playing in the Carabao Cup as well as the Premier League. So on the top part of the screen here, you've got all of the teams that will be playing in the Carabao Cup. Chelsea, Spurs, Fulham, Brentford, Everton, Burnley, Palace, Wolves, Nottingham Forest, Sheffield United, Bournemouth and Luton. They'll all play twice this week. And in the bottom section, the teams that have got Europe, City, United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Newcastle, Villa, Brighton and West Ham. Now, so these teams that aren't in Europe will play the Premier League fixture first, then the Carabao Cup fixture, while the European sides play once in the Premier League. The teams out of this list that play twice this week, I'm not going to cover all of the teams. Um, we're not going to load up on Luton, uh, or you might want to, but I'm not going to load up on Luton just because they play twice. I'm going to want to target the teams that have solid teams but play twice as well. So I've highlighted Chelsea, Brentford, Crystal Palace and Spurs as the teams that are playing in the Carabao Cup that I'd like to target. They have both good fixtures and they're quite good just in the Premier League as well. So they're the teams that I want to target that play twice this week. Chelsea, Brentford, Palace, Spurs. And then I'm going to go through the uh, European sides as usual. I think City have got a really good fixture run, so I'm going to cover those. United, they've got one good fixture and then it gets a little bit tougher. Might be the last chance for a few of these Man United assets like Bruno and Rashford. Arsenal have got a good fixture. Liverpool and Newcastle face each other. That's going to be a tough one. Brighton have got a good game against West Ham. And West Ham and Villa, I'm not really going to be covering this episode um, West Ham have got Brighton away from home and then Villa have got Burnley, which is an OK fixture. But I'm just personally not that interested at the moment. So I'm going to leave those off of this episode. But I will cover a few separate people right at the end. But other than that, I'm going to go through the Carabao Cup teams first and then some of these sides that play just the one fixture. So I'm going to start off with Chelsea. And it was a disappointing weekend for them, to be honest. I was watching this game hoping that some of my questions would be answered. I was keeping an eye on Gusto. I was keeping an eye on Colwell. I just brought Chilwell into the side. And I was thinking, even Jackson, I was keeping an eye on Jackson as well, thinking that if he has a really good game, maybe we'll target him for this double game week. But it really didn't go to plan. Uh, a 3-1 win for West Ham. And yeah, more questions than answered that, uh, answers at the minute. So Chilwell at 4.5 million. I said I, I bought him in already. Just a one-pointer. And he did get subbed off early, which was quite disappointing. I'm willing to hold him through this run of games anyway. It wasn't an injury or anything like that. Um, seemed quite tactical. And these fixtures still look really, really good. So Luton at home and then Wimbledon at home in the double game week. That looks really, really good. They have Nottingham Forest after that at home. Bournemouth away. Aston Villa at home. 
Fulham away and then Burnley away. So a really good run of fixtures all the way up to about game week eight. And I think I'm going to be pretty much willing to keep Chilwell in my side as long as there's no sort of injuries or they look really, really bad. Um, but So I hold at the minute for Chilwell and I still wouldn't be against bringing him in, to be honest with you. Even though he is going to go down in price, I think, I still think he's a good one to target. Colwell and Gusto, though, I've gone a little bit cold on these guys. Um, just because at the moment they are playing, but it just doesn't quite seem to be working. They're conceding goals. Uh, they really weren't very good um, on, on the whole, really, Chelsea, that, that West Ham game. The only upside with these guys, like I think there could be a bit of a change round in formation or something like that. So someone could end up missing out. But because that Chelsea game is on the Friday night, there is a chance that we could get some leaks. So if you are looking towards Colwell or Gusto um, to make your teams work, just keep an eye right up close to that deadline because there's a good chance that if you're on Twitter or something at the time, you might be able to get the lineup just in time for the deadline. So Jackson at 2.5 million. He was another player that's been very, very popular in the game just because of his price, really. 2.5 million. Um, two points in this game was quite disappointing, but it's one of those. He does look really, really promising when he's playing. It just hasn't really turned into points at this point. Um, I still think he's worth targeting for this double game week or holding if you have him already. Um, I don't think I'm going to be doing it myself, um, but I do think there's every chance that he might go on to play both of these games because they don't seem like they've got another option there at striker. They brought a young player on, I can't remember his name, against West Ham towards the end. Um, they've been linked with a few other players and they might want to bring in another striker. So if that happens, things could change. But Luton at home and Wimbledon at home, these could be two really good fixtures to sort of boost up his confidence and getting that first sort of competitive goal. So I wouldn't talk you out of getting Jackson, um, but I just don't think I'll be bringing him in myself, but I do think he could be a good one to target. Someone that I wasn't really expecting to be interested in, but who did do really well in that game was Raheem Sterling at 3.5 million. Um, he got four points in his first game and he got seven points in that game against West Ham. Um, one bonus point in that first game, but five bonus points in that second game against West Ham. So we were keeping tabs on that in the uh, Dream Team Tonic Discord. They've got a match chat um, and he had three bonus points sort of midway through the first half of the game, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, I had a little deep dive into this and pretty much his bonus points were made up of um, he was fouled five times. Um, he had two accurate crosses. Um, and six successful dribbles. So it really does seem like winning fouls uh, and dribbles especially seem to be something that um, boost up those bonus points because um, Eze was fairly similar as well. I was looking into Eze's bonus and he's a player that gets fouled a lot and was having quite a lot of successful dribbles. So Sterling could be someone that does really well on the bonus system and he looked pretty dangerous. So 3.5 million I don't know whether or not he'll definitely play two games because they have got a lot of other options there. They've got um, Mudrik, for example, or Madueke as well. Um, so there are quite a few other options on the wings for Chelsea. But maybe he gets one game off the wing and one game as striker. Sometimes I know he has been played as striker at times. Um, so he could get at least one start and then one appearance off the bench. Could be another one to target that looks quite good that really I wasn't expecting at the start. And then my last Chelsea player to target, I've put down Robert Sanchez. Now, I've got Johnston in goal and he's got a double game week himself. So I'm pretty sure I'll just end up staying with Johnston anyway. But Robert Sanchez, 2.4 million at the minute, 2% 2 uh, selected. I think there's a good chance that he could start both of these games, the Premier League game and the Carabao Cup game. And they do look like good fixtures to keep clean sheets. Um, they 
I think they sold or loaned Kepa out to Real Madrid, I think it was, um, to cover an injury there. So they, they are quite light in that area. Um, obviously, they've sold Mendy now as well. So I don't know if they've really got a viable um, number two in goal at the moment. Um, but I did see that they'd pretty much signed a new guy called Jordi Petrovic, and his medical was booked for Wednesday. So whether or not that gets done in time, I'm not sure. But if it doesn't or he needs a bit of time to bed in, there is every chance that Sanchez could play two fixtures, I think. So that is something to keep an eye on. You might want to take a punt if you're not happy with your keeper, Robert Sanchez. Although Chelsea haven't kept um, clean sheets in their first two games, Luton, Wimbledon, maybe there's a chance. A couple of other notes that I took from the Chelsea game. Um, Enzo uh, was the penalty taker, but missed that one. So it doesn't really clear things up. Maybe they give it to someone else. Uh, Chuck Wilmaker, um got a nice goal but went off injured so it doesn't look good for him he could have been a good enabler um Chilwell's early sub I mentioned that I'm not really concerned about it Colwell zero points but I think he should still be okay but Gusto stayed on the pitch for 83 minutes while uh Chilwell subbed off earlier so Gusto could be a mainstay uh, stay in that right back position and Sterling's bonus points five points we already mentioned that so we can go on to the next team which is Brentford um so Brentford are doing really really well to start the season um, and they have a double game week that consists of a home game against Crystal Palace and then an away game against Newport County so the Crystal Palace game I think Brentford should be okay in that Crystal Palace obviously had a good game in the first game week and they put up a really good match against Arsenal yesterday um, but it will be a different game Crystal Palace um, were playing quite defensively um, low block against Arsenal whereas I think Palace will fancy themselves to um, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Brentford they're not going to give as much respect to Brentford as they uh, did to us last night so I think it could be a quite an open game um, but that Newport County game where it is against a lower um, opposition side I think we could see rotation there so the likes of Mbuemo, Vissa there could be rotation so I still don't think anyone's guaranteed to get both the fixtures but I'm going to highlight Vissa at 2.2 million because he's got two goals and one assist so far from two games this season Four goals in his last five Premier League games. Um, against Fulham, he got 12 points. He had three shots on target and one assist, um, scoring in that game as well and getting an assist. So I think Vissa at 2.2 million looks a really appealing option up front for Brentford and also an appealing option if you're trying to replace uh, Pedro, who we'll come to later. But João Pedro of Brighton started a sub, so... Vissa has started both games and done pretty well. So in my opinion, I think Vissa is probably the best option for Pedro if you're looking for someone at the similar price point. Obviously, we mentioned Jackson as well, so he could be another Pedro replacement potentially. But I'm liking the look of Vissa myself at the minute, so I'm going to put him on the players to target. And then Brian Mbuemo, 3.7 million. He's absolutely smashing it so far this season. So he's got 24 points from two games, scoring three goals in the process. Um, two of those three goals were from the penalty spot, but they all count when it comes to Dream Team. So he might not carry it on, but it's a great start. Um, so in that last game against Fulham, he grabbed two goals, got three shots on target, and one of them was a penalty. Um, so with Mbuemo, similar to Vissa, I'm not so sure that he will start that um, Carabao Cup fixture. Um, and I had, I had a little look, and Lewis Potter... Um, is another option who could start for that Carabao Cup game. Or they've got Sharda as well, who um, these two don't get as many minutes as Visser and, um, and Buemo. So maybe those two are the 
the key sort of attackers for that Newport County game. But I think there's every chance that these two will be included, Vissa and Mbuemo. So if you can get one start and then 20, 30 minutes off the bench, I think you would take that in that Carabao Cup game. One thing I didn't mention as well with Vissa and Mbuemo, because of their good um, scores, they're going to be going up in price as well, uh, we'd imagine. So Vissa and Mbuemo could be good options if you're looking to build budget. Then defensively from Brentford, I mean, Brentford are looking like the team that if you're looking for a budget enabler in defence, midfield or attack, they've got an answer at the minute. So Rico Henry at 2.6 million had a good opener and had a good game, uh, obviously keeping the clean sheet in the last one against Fulham. Um, so he didn't play as offensively in that Fulham game, but he was getting forward in that first game. Um, but his minutes seemed quite secure. He got 90 minutes in the last one. Um, so even swap sides um, from right to left, I think it was, or from left to right in that game. So it looks like he's going to be a mainstay in that defence. Um, if you're looking for someone a bit cheaper, if that price point 2.6 has got away from you, I still think Pinnock is a pretty good option as well at centre-back. Um, he's 0.2 cheaper and has the same amount of points, 13 points from two games. So Rico Henry or Pinnock could be really good options. I think the same applies, though. There's no guarantees that they start that Carabao Cup game as well as the Premier League game. And then one last thing I like about the uh, Brentford options that I've highlighted here. While they've got Crystal Palace at home and then Newport County away, if they do well in these fixtures, you can bank the price rises because they also have Bournemouth and you're going to want to keep them for that Bournemouth game. Newcastle away from home, that's going to be a tough game. Um, but then they've got Everton at home and then Nottingham Forest away. So these fixtures look pretty good all the way up to about game week seven. So you can keep these players for a little bit longer if they are performing. Next, I'm going to come on to Spurs who have three away games in a row. But their double game week doesn't look too bad considering. They have Bournemouth away from home and then Fulham away from home. And then game week four, they face Burnley. Game week five, it's Sheffield United. And then game week six, it's Arsenal. So we've got a few good fixtures in a row here. And they just came off the back of a 2-0 win against Man United, which I thought was quite a surprise. But they did look really, really good, Spurs. Um, and I'm going to target Son at 4.9 million. Now, he hasn't started the season great. Um, and he hasn't quite stepped up like I imagined he would after Kane's left. But I still think that he's going to be a really, really good option for this run of games. Um, I was looking initially to maybe target Madison. But Madison went off injured and was seen leaving the uh, sort of stadium with a protective boot on. So there's no official confirmation that he's going to be out, but it didn't really look good. So I started to look elsewhere for the players to target from Spurs, and in specific Spurs attack. Now, Richarlison hasn't particularly looked great. Kulisevsky, Kulisevsky's looked okay. Um, and obviously now Madison's injured, so that kind of leaves Son. And he wasn't great at the end of last season either, but... He was one of these players that when I looked at top players to target this season, he performed pretty well um, on this new point scoring system. And in that last game, he got one bonus point, one big chance created, um, which wasn't great. He's probably going to drop like 0.1. But I just think looking at this fixture run, if any player that is going to sort of score multiple goals for Spurs, I think it is going to be Son. There was a few opportunities where it looked like the shot was on for Son and then someone's got a last minute touch on it. Um, sometimes his own player or I think Luke Shaw blocked one last minute as well. I think he was getting close. Um, so I'm quite liking Son for this run of fixtures. Bournemouth, Fulham, Burnley, Sheffield United, they are some really good games. So yeah, I'm really, really interested in putting Son into my team at 4.9 million. 
Um, might get a drop, but I imagine he's going to go up in price after these fixtures. I mentioned Richarlison. He could be an option if you're looking for someone a bit cheaper. He is at 2.5 million, so competing with the likes of Jackson, um, Visser as well, Jao Pedro. Um, really cheap price point if he's doing well. Uh, at the moment, he's only got three points in the first game, two points in the last game. I didn't think he looked particularly great, and I think he went off in around the 70-odd minute as well, um, which at that point, Son went into the centre-forward role. Um, so I think I'd avoid uh, Richarlison for now. But if you really are confident in these Spurs fixtures and you do think that he could perform, I still think 2.5 is a really good price. Uh, Madison, obviously, he's ruled out. Um, well, ruled out for now, at least. Um, I wouldn't be bringing him in at this point. But if you do hear late news that he is going to be playing, he would be someone that I'd be interested in. Defensively, um, I've put Yudogi at 2.5 million. He's had two starts now. Got good minutes, good attacking threat. Um, and from the last game, they kept a clean sheet against Man United. So there's every chance they could keep a clean sheet against Bournemouth, Fulham or Burnley, for example, Sheffield United. Um, I think that seems like a pretty good price. On the other side, they've got Porro and Emerson Royale, but they've both had a start each so far. Whereas I don't know if there's really a good option to take over from Udogi or someone that does similar to what Udogi does. Udogi does. Um, they have got Perisic. Um, I don't know how much... Well, how many minutes he's getting at the minute. And I don't think Davies does exactly the same sort of job. So I'd still be quite confident at Udogi at 2.5 million. Um, Pedro Porro, I noted that he hit the crossbar, but I think he's a rotation risk over these games. Um, Basuma looks really, really good. Um, he's been scoring okay as well. He was 2.5 million. I'm not sure if he's gone up in price. I'll just double check that while I'm here. Um, he's 2.5 to 2.6, but he's averaging 5.5 points a game as well. Um, Basuma, so he's scored five points and six points, so he's doing really well for tackles. I think he's had a couple shots on target as well, and bonus points. He got three bonus points in the first game and one bonus point against Man United. So, if you're looking for more of a midfielder, um, obviously Basuma is an option. But yeah, I just think attackers for this run of games look most exciting to me. Before we move on to the next team, if you're enjoying the video so far, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel to get kept up to date with all the latest Sun Dream Team content. And I'm also partnered with the Dream Team Tonic podcast. Uh, we did an episode live to our patrons last weekend. We had Fergie, um, previous Sun Dream Team winner on the podcast with us as well. So that was a really, really good episode. We talked about the first couple of game weeks, how we thought things were going, and then our plans for game week three as well. So do check that one out. Link in the description below for that episode. So that is the teams that I'd be looking to target from the double game weeks, we've got Spurs, Brentford and Chelsea. I did put Crystal Palace on my list, but actually the list only really comprised of Johnston, who a lot of us have got in goal already. And then Eze, who I'm going to feature at the end. Um, if There's a few players that caught my eye that I might not be looking to target their whole team specifically. So we'll come on to those guys at the end because Eze has been a bonus magnet. But we'll go on to the teams that have just a one fixture. And it's my team to start off with Arsenal. Um, just scraped past uh, Crystal Palace actually in that last game and yeah it wasn't an enjoyable watch but we face Fulham in the next game and I think Saka is a good one to target still despite losing penalties we saw that um, Erdegaard might be the new penalty taker now he took the pe uh, penalty against Crystal Palace and put that one away nicely so at 6.1 million it is disappointing that Saka may have lost penalties or probably has lost penalties. But I still think that at 6.1, ahead of that Fulham game, he's still a fine hold for that fixture. Fulham have looked terrible as well. I actually mentioned that 
Um, I've put it at the end, but I'm going to skip to it now anyway. I think that Fulham could be a really good team to just target for attacking returns at the minute because Leno gave away, well, had to make so many saves against Everton, who've been pretty toothless anyway. Um, and then obviously they got battered in that last game as well um, against Brentford. So, yeah, it's not looking good for Fulham's defence at the minute. And also Tim Ream, um, who's quite a good defender for them, he picked up a red card in that game. So, I mean, they were without one of their best defenders as well against Arsenal. Arsenal, pretty good at home. I'm going to be going to that game as well. So really looking forward to that. And hopefully there'll be quite a few goals. And hopefully Saka will be amongst the scorers. So he got seven points, three bonus points against Crystal Palace. Uh, he made two tackles and one big chance created. And I just think that if you've got him already, you just leave him in for this Fulham game. I wouldn't panic that he's lost penalties. Saliba at 3.5 million. Um, I think he's just the obvious pick now in goal for uh, in goal in defence for Arsenal. Um, got a clean sheet and the bonus point, and he's the only defender that I'd really be targeting for now. Um, we've got obviously Ben White's there. He's a bit more expensive. We're playing Thomas Party as like an inverted right back. Um, Tomiyasu got the nod ahead of Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel benched for the second week in a row, which is bonkers to me. Um, Tomiyasu got. A, Really, really soft um, red card yesterday. So maybe Gabriel comes back in. Um, you also had Zinchenko coming off the bench. So there's just so much confusion around the defenders. The only thing that looks for sure is that Saliba is the best option in defence. So at 3.5 million, um, it's either a hold or I would look at getting him in as well. And then Erdegaard, uh, 4.9 million. I must say he wasn't really on my radar. He had a really good season last season, but I thought he was priced a bit too highly. And it looked better just to go for either Martinelli or Saka, in my opinion. Um, Martinelli was a little bit concerning yesterday. was fairly quiet. Um, and Erdegaard had a good game. Scored that penalty. Got 10 points. Two shots on target. Three tackle points. So if you do think that Erdegaard's going to be on penalties continuously, um, 4.9 might not be so bad. I mentioned Martinelli, a little bit concerning. Last season, he didn't really play that well when Nketiah was on the pitch. And Nketiah has had two starts in a row now as well. Um, so, yeah, I'd be slightly concerned if I had Martinelli, but there's no way I'd sell him before Fulham. Um, you might be unlucky and you might get rested for it, but I can't see it. Um, maybe if he gets rested, then I'd look to sell ahead of Man United. But for me, I'd still hold on to him for now. It's just something that I noticed. Um, and then I've seen enough of Havertz at this point. Obviously, I started the season with him. Got rid of him straight away from Buemo that works really, really well. And yeah, I just I just don't think it's going to ha maybe happen in Dream Team, Dream Team uh, from a Dream Team point of view. I do think he's, he's looked OK for us so far, um, but I just can't see him banging in the goals at the minute. And he just seems like he's doing stuff for the team, but things that aren't really giving out points on Dream Team. So for me, at the minute, even ahead of Fulham, I probably would look to avoid or sell Havertz um, because I think you could get an Embuemo, a Matoma or someone a little bit better in. I did mention um, Eddie Nketiah as well. He's another player that could come in at that cheaper price point if you think that he's going to start 2.2 million. So he could be the Pedro replacement. But I just don't think he's, he, even though he's had two back-to-back -back starts, I just think we've got so many options that can play there, Havertz can play there, Trossard can play there. I still don't think it's a completely safe pick, so I would avoid Eddie at the minute. Then on to Manchester City, who have kept two clean sheets in a row now. Um, they started with a backline of Gavardiol, Diaz, Akanji and Walker. Um, and I've got the heat map on the screen from Sofa Score, so you can look roughly where they were playing. Um, 
with back-to-back -back clean sheets, I'm starting to wonder if it is time to consider jumping on this City defence. Um, it does seem like these guys are fairly secure now. Gravadiol, Diaz, Akanji and Walker. Um, but you have also got the risk of um, Ake and Lewis potentially coming in. Um, John Stones is injured for the time being, so that's one less person to worry about. And Laporte's gone. Um, so it really is just uh, Rico Lewis and Ake that we could be a little bit worried about. But the fixtures look so good for them, and you can see them keeping more clean sheets at this point. So they've got Sheffield United away from home, and that is just their one, one game for the week. Then they've got Fulham at home, West Ham away, Nottingham Forest at home, Wolves away, and in the game week eight, they've got Arsenal. So potentially tons of clean sheets there if they can keep um, as disciplined have they, as they have been before. Um, but at the other end of the pitch, I'm really liking the look of Phil Foden at 4.4 million. He was absolutely brilliant in that game. Uh, got three bonus points, one assist and one shot on target. Um, eight points in total. That's two lots of 90 minutes now for Foden and he's looked incredible. Um, I wasn't too sure about starting the season with him just because I thought there was a rotation risk there. But this game really was the turning point for me. I'd easily put him back in my side if it worked for me. Um, so he's someone on my radar at the minute. I think he could have had more clean sheets in this game as well. Um, and if he doesn't hold on to his place now, um, I'm going to be so confused. But on that heat map, um, you've got Haaland up front. And then you've got Foden and Alvarez. We're kind of just behind him, to be fair. Um, then you've got Grealish out wide left. And then Walker was actually on that sort of wide right position with the rest of them sort of filling in that central midfield and sort of centre back areas. Um, but Alvarez and Foden were getting really far forward, so I think both of them are really good options. Alvarez obviously started the last game as well and has done really well. He's four million striker, uh, seven points for that last game. He got a goal, a shot on target, and that's 12 points from two games from him as well. So I think both Alvarez and Foden look really, really good and should be, con being, uh, should be being considered, really, because this one game against Sheffield United... I know it's not a double game week, but if they do start in that one, you would expect them to score quite a few goals. So I think both Alvarez and Foden um, are firmly on my radar and should be considered even though they don't have a double game week. The only thing that would be really, really frustrating is if they are rotated um, and you end up getting sort of a substitute appearance versus like an Embuemo who could end up with two starts or a, almost a game and a half almost. Um, that would really wind me up. So that is the thing to weigh up, whether or not you're sure that Foden and Alvarez or Alvarez will start versus someone that could end up playing two games. It is a really tough call, I think. So let me know in the comments below, what do you think? Man City attackers that have the one fixture against Sheffield United, or are you going to go for double game week players that might be from the lower down teams but have potential to play more minutes? I mentioned the defence a minute ago and keeping back-to-back -back clean sheets. I think the real options to go from, uh, I don't like Diaz at 5.5. I think you may as well go for one of these cheaper uh, defenders. But they are still quite expensive. You've got Cavardiol's 4.8 million, Akanji's 4.6 and Walker is 3.6. So Walker's significantly cheaper. I guess you'd look at maybe Cavardiol could be at risk of Ake at the minute. But they paid a lot of money for him. So I think Cavardiol could be quite safe at 4.8. But he's one of the more expensive ones. Um, risk of rotation maybe from Ake. Then you've got Walker at 3.6, who he's actually playing um, a lot wider and a lot more advanced, I think. Um, and at 3.6 million, um, that's a really, really good price to get into that City defence. Um, it's just whether or not they maybe go for Rico Lewis instead. Um, then maybe they look at Sheffield United like they looked at 
Burnley, for example, and think they could get away with Rico Lewis. I'm not so sure. Um, each of these defenders comes with a bit of a risk. And then you've got a Kanji at 4.6. He can play across the whole defence. Um, either that works in his favour or it could go against him. It's, it's really hard to know. So I would just let your budget dictate it. Um, if you can only afford Walker, go with Walker. I think if I could um, afford Gavardiol, I think he would be my favourite to go with. But he's 4.8 million. One thing I would say with these City players is that while it does feel a little bit scary with the rotation risk at the minute, by game week five, I think that's when the European games start. So if they don't play one game, they could play the other game. It feels like it makes it a little bit better. Um, the rotation isn't so much of a problem once they start playing twice a week. And I didn't mention him in the last video because I think he's, it's just a pretty obvious one now. But Haaland, he's probably looking like he'll be my captain for game week three. Despite him just playing the one fixture, um, that one fixture against Sheffield United, I think is a really good one to target. And I pushed my luck and went for Salah last week. I got away with it, but I don't think I want to do it back-to-back -back weeks. So Haaland, I think, is still looking like a really good captain pick with the one fixture. Then on to Brighton, and they have been outrageously good so far this season. Um, and I'm going to kick it off with March, 3.7 million. He got an 18-pointer um, this game, and he's had a such a good start to the season. So two goals. Four shots on target, four tackles, and 90 minutes in that game against Wolves. And that puts him as the highest scoring player on the game at the minute with 27 points from two games. Three goals this season. And I, I talked about, is it Matoma? Is it March? Is it Pascal Gross? But yeah, March, hands down, is looking like the best option from Brighton at the minute. Um, the fixtures are good for one more game and then it gets a little bit tougher but when they're in this sort of form um, you feel like they could score against anyone so they've got West Ham at home in the next game they've got Newcastle at home after that then they've got Man United Bournemouth Aston Villa Liverpool and City so it gets a bit, a bit tougher after game week three but if they stay in this sort of form um, I think all of their players are still to be considered Matoma at 3.5, 13 points, a goal, a bonus point, shot on target, big chance created, two tackles and an assist. So again, while March is doing really well, Matoma is still doing really well as well. Um, a really, really good goal from him as well. Solo goal, pretty much ran the full length of the pitch on his own and put one in. And I feel like I'm mentioning the same names every week with Brighton, but Estupinian at 3.6 million. These three players that I've named have played both or started both games, so it doesn't seem like there's much of a risk at this time. Maybe it'll change once European football starts. But Estupinian at 3.6 million. He got 11 points, a goal, an assist, a shot on target, a big chance created, and two tackles. So just an all-action defender, Estupinian. And it's not too late to get on him. Um, I know sometimes with these players, you feel like you might have missed the boat. But we were only on game week two. We've had two game weeks. He's done really well. He's still at 3.6 million. Just get him in, in my opinion. Even when the games get tougher, Newcastle or Man United, he's scoring and assisting as well. He's putting in tackles. He's having shots. So I still think even if they don't keep the clean sheets, which they haven't in the last two, he's still scoring really, really well. So Esther opinion, 3.6. What a defender. A couple of additional notes. Um, and CISO started ahead of João Pedro which is disappointing for me. I had Pedro in my team. Um, started off with 10 points, Pedro, but then just the one point, I think it was, after coming on as a sub. I think Pedro's probably a sell at this point. There's every chance that he starts this West Ham game, um, but I just can't be doing with starting one week, 
not starting the next. I did think maybe he'll start three and then he'll get rested or he might start two games, miss one game. But yeah, I can't be doing start one, sub the next. So I'll be taking him out. Um, and CISO came, uh, started in his place and got two assists as well, both for March. Um, and he looked really good. He was someone that we were considering before the season started as another cheap enabler. But it looked like he went off with an injury. So that's another one just to monitor for the time being. But Pedro for me, probably a sell. And then Van Heck, um, he started really well in that first fixture. He was replaced by Webster for the second game. So again, um, unless you're going for a Estupinion or a Dunk, I probably wouldn't go near the other defenders at this point. And Man United. Um, so yeah, disappointing loss against Tottenham for them. Um, I think they were quite unlucky at times. I think Bruno, for example... I think he could quite easily have had a penalty, um, but they were shocking at the back, Man United. Um, really, really bad. Um, Martinez, I'm bloody glad that I got him out of my team. Um, obviously went off at half-time for me, and I thought he might have been injured. Got a yellow card, so a nightmare start when I had him in my team to start off with. But yesterday, um, well, Saturday, he was all over the place in that game against Spurs. Um, scored an own goal. I thought he was lucky not to give a penalty away as well. Um, so, yeah, really, really confusing performances from The Butcher. Um, but players to target or players to consider. Bruno Fernandes, 6.4 million. He's gone down in price once. He only got the four points and he's probably going to go down in price again. I would still hold for this Nottingham Forest game. Um, I know it's disappointing. I know it's annoying when your players go down in price. But I just think in that game, he could have had a penalty. And if he'd scored that penalty, we'd be looking at this different. We'd probably be saying we need Bruno. Um, he missed a big chance from a header that he should have put away. If he'd scored that, scored the penalty, we'd be looking at this guy thinking we need to get him in our team. He's got good numbers, um, even when he isn't delivering these goals. So I think I'm going to stick with him just for this Nottingham Forest game and then make a decision when they face Arsenal in the next one. Rashford, though, on the other hand, 6.3 million. It's tougher. Um... He's really looking out of sorts in that striker position. Um, he did play there at times last season and look good, but he definitely is better off the left. Um, three points he got in this game. He's probably likely to go down by 0.2 again, which is concerning. He's 6.3 at the minute. Could end up around the 6 million, 6.1 mark um, after the next price change. So if he doesn't do well against Nottingham Forest, you'd lost a lot of value in um, Marcus Rashford. With Bruno, at least... He has got the pens, or we think he's got the pens. I'm not so sure now that Saka's given one away to Erdegaard. We never know what could happen. Rashford's taken him before. But yeah, I just think I'd be more keen to keep hold of Bruno than I would Rashford at this time. Um, I think there's quite a good up, some quite good options up front. But this Forest game does look good. So yeah, I'm on the fence of whether or not I'd keep Rashford. Now defensively, I know a lot of people probably have got Man United defenders. They did well in that last fixture. Um, kept the clean sheet. Everyone done well apart from Martinez, who I had. Um, I'd still be tempted to hold for one more week. Um, Nottingham Forest, I mean, one he's been scoring goals, he's looked quite good. But I still think I would still stick with the Man United defence as long as it wasn't Martinez. He needs to go. Um, but I'd be tempted to hold just for one more week, potentially, if I did have these Man United defenders. Because you'll be kicking yourself if you've got a Wambasaka or a Varane or a Luke Shaw. And you take him out and they end up getting this clean sheet against Nottingham Forest. Um, but the fixtures do get a bit tougher after this game. So Arsenal away from home, Brighton at home, and then Burnley away from home. So the games do get tougher. 
Um, that is one thing to consider. But I think I would just not panic and only get rid of Martinez if he's your defender. Then I'm going to come to Liverpool um, and they've got a tough game against Newcastle um, in game week three, which I find quite difficult to call. Newcastle have looked good. Liverpool have looked fairly good. Um, might be a little bit of a stalemate here, but Salah, 6.8 million. Did get a penalty. I captained him. I think quite a few people did go for a Salah captaincy and it did come out on top, but not by very much. He got a penalty. He had the penalty saved, but then put the rebound in, which was quite funny to see in the new scoring system. Uh, he got seven points in total, but yeah, he got points for well, he minus points for missing the penalty, but it was on target. So he got points for a shot on target. Then he scored the rebound, which was also a shot on target. So not as bad as it probably could have been, but minus three for the penalty miss. Um, he's going to get another price drop, I reckon, even though he got seven points. Um, five points last game week dropped him by 0.2. So seven points. It's probably going to be between 0.2 and 0.1 of a drop. I am considering considering it moving on Mohamed Salah only because I think I've got a better option up my sleeve but I'd be happy just to keep hold of Salah for this Newcastle game I know it does look like a tough fixture on paper but I tried this with Salah last season um, I took him out for a, a tougher game uh, I think I took him out for that Man United game and I think did he go on to score a hat-trick I know he really smashed it that game against Man United um, so you never really know when these halls are going to come from but he does just have the one game and it does look a little bit tough on paper so Again, on the fence whether or not you should sell him or get someone else in. Just the one fixture against Newcastle looks tough. But then they're home to Villa, away to Wolves and home to West Ham. So if I do take out Salah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to want to bring him back in again. Then we had Diaz at 4.1 million. He scored in back-to-back -back games. I think he could be a good one to target. But there's just one thing to keep an eye on is that um, I think he went off with an injury um, or some sort of an in injury. So... Just make sure you keep up to date with the latest injury news. I couldn't see anything on the Premier League injuries website for Diaz, um, but he had a little a little um, injured sign next to him on all of the apps. So I would just keep an eye on that Diaz injury, um, get the t latest team news and stuff like that. But he is due to rise, probably another 0.1, I reckon. Um, and he seems to be nailed in that front three. It does seem like they're going to be going for Salah, Jota and Diaz. Nunes not really in the picture at the minute. So I think Diaz is a pretty good option at 4.1 he just only has the single game week against Newcastle a few other things in my notes um obviously Jota got a goal in that game he's on 12 points now for the season he's looked pretty good and still at a reasonable price of 3.4 um, but there are a few sort of strikers around that 2 million price point that you can do stuff with at the minute that have double game weeks um, and then one other thing that I've highlighted so Bozlai did do really really well in this game he got eight points three bonus points a shot on target but one thing I just can't get my head around, he was given the assist points. Um, I worked it out and he was given the assist points. But I don't know how. He was fouled for the penalty that Salah missed and then scored the rebound of. Now, you do get assist points for winning the penalty. But technically, he missed the penalty. So that was just one thing I looked at. If you can figure it out by looking at the, uh, the breakdown of the points, then let us know in the comments below. But when I looked at the, the points, how they broke it down... It looked to me like they'd given him the assist points, but none of the goals had a Sabozlai assist unless they'd given him the assist for a penalty that was missed. So yeah, just one thing that I noticed that was a little bit random. So a few mentions at the end. So I've got James Ward-Prowse at 3.5 million. 
wanted to see how he got on for West Ham and it was a really great debut. So eight points, two assists, big chance created, points for two tackles and he was just putting wicked set pieces in. And West Ham have got great aerial players. So maybe when European football starts, 3.5 million Ward Prowse could be one on the cards. But note that I've mentioned this already, but Fulham as a team to target just because they're conceding so many chances. So if you're looking for a team to target your strikers against or midfielders against, I think Fulham could be one. Aston Villa, Douglas Louise taking penalties off Ollie Watkins seemed to be something that's quite valuable in terms of fantasy football. And then Bailey and Diaby from Aston Villa looked really, really good in that game. So maybe if Villa get past Hibs, which I expect them to do in their qualifying round, which doesn't count for points, um, these could be some players that we look to target in the group stages. And then Eze from Crystal Palace, I mentioned him, but he's just a bonus points magnet at the minute. Six points against Arsenal, three bonus points, and five bonus points on the season opener. So eight bonus points from two games does look really good in games where he didn't get attacking returns. So at 3.1 million, he could be a good player just to sort of set and forget almost at that um, price point. If he's going to keep getting bonus points in games where he doesn't really do a ton in terms of attacking returns, when he does finally get attack and returns, he's going to hit some big numbers. So Eze, he could be another one to target. Right, now on to my Game Week 2 team updates. So for the Game Week, I got 81 points. Uh, I'm on a total of 167 now for the season so far. And on the leaderboard, I'm up to 2.9k or just under 3k now. So not a bad start to the season. Um, Johnson in goal got me three points. Some save points in that game against Arsenal. I think that could have gone a lot worse, so I'll take the three points there. Estupinan mentioned him attacking returns in these last two games. No clean sheets, but he's doing fine. Saliba, eight points. I'm happy with him. Chilwell was a player that I bought in. Only got me the one point and went off early, but I'm not concerned. He's got really good games coming up. And he's playing in some really advanced positions as well, so I think it's only a matter of time before he grabs goals and assists. Bruno Fernandes, just the four points. Like I said, this was a little bit disappointing and he is going to go down in price, um, but I'm willing to keep him for that Forest game. Saka, again, seven points. Can't complain about that, but it could have been so much more if he'd actually have taken the penalty that I expected him to take. And Buemo, I bought on Buemo in for Kai Havertz, who did absolutely nothing yesterday. So 15 points versus whatever Havertz got. That was a really, really good move. And then Matoma, 13 points. He's been a really good player from the start as well. So Mbuemo and Matoma, absolutely smashing it in the midfield. Haaland, just the four points. Now, I'm fairly pleased with him to essentially blank in a week that I didn't captain him and a lot of people would have. Uh, I put the armband on Salah, who got me, well, he got seven points, so got me 14 points in total. Uh, the right captaincy pick out of the two, but nothing major there, 14 points. And then Jao Pedro, the one point was... Just disappointing. I wasn't expecting him to be rotated this early, especially after getting a goal in the first game as well. But and CISO did well, but could be injured. So there's every chance he plays in that West Ham game, but he's someone I'm going to get, want to get out of my team. So if I had to look, I'm going to look share my transfer plans with you now. But if I had to look at first glance, players that didn't do very well, I might look to move out. Um, Salah has Newcastle, which could be a tough game. I know that could go either way, though. It could punish me if I took him out. Um, and then Bruno Fernandes has Nottingham Forest. And I see Bruno Fernandes as a player that I'm probably going to want long-term. Um, done really, really well previous seasons. And on the new performance um, scoring system, he seems to do well as well. So 
Bruno, Salah could be players that I want to take out, and I'm pretty sure Pedro is one I'm going to take out. So here's a couple ideas that I'm thinking for my Game Week 3 team. So I've got two options here. Um, the top one is to target the City assets ahead of their good sing uh, single game week. And I'd look at maybe doing uh, Foden in for Bruno Fernandes. And I could afford to do Alvarez in for, um, I wrote Alvarez in for Vissa, but it was meant to be Alvarez in for Jao Pedro. Um, so it could end up with two City attackers for that Sheffield United game and really target it. But it would mean that the only double game week players that I have are Umbuemo, um, who plays Crystal Palace and Newport County, and Chilwell, who's got Luton and Wimbledon, and Johnson in goal as well, Brentford and Plymouth. So just the uh, just the three double game week players there. Um, so City do have really good fixtures all the way through to game week eight, and I think they're going to start hitting some big numbers going forward. Um, and they're essentially fixture-proof, really. Um, so there is that to it. Foden and Alvarez could get really good attacking returns, but it also carries a really big rotation risk, which after knowing how I felt about Pedro being benched, I think I'd be really wound up if Foden or Alvarez went on to get benched, which there's not that many options ahead of these two. Uh, Bernardo Silva's, I think, back from illness, and they might be signing um, a guy called Doku as well, who would be an attacking player. So a few players that could rotate with them, but after their last performances, I think these two um, are likely to start. So this is one I've called option one. I'm quite liking the idea of it, but it does also mean taking um, Bruno Fernandes out, which could be a good fixture against Nottingham Forest. So I'm not overly keen. Or the option that I'm liking a bit more, and I'm leaning more towards going for this, uh, I call it option two at the bottom of the screen here. So it would be taking out Jao Pedro, and taking out Salah for Vissa and Hyunmin Son from Spurs. Now, two strikers that could be playing in double game weeks. Vissa's got Crystal Palace and Newport County. And then Bournemouth and Fulham away from home for Son. Now, I just look at this second team and think, as much as I'd love to have these City players for that Sheffield United game, I think that Son could end up playing both of these games. Now, Vissa against Crystal Palace and Newport County. I think he gets the Crystal Palace game, but I think there's every chance he starts on the bench for um, for the Newport game. And the reason why is because I've mentioned Sharda and Lewis Potter. I think we'll get minutes in that one. Buemo is another one that could sort of be a rotation risk, but I don't think they'll bench both of them. But I just think there's a chance that they get minutes off the bench and a start. So I think that's more than what Pedro will get. So Vissa, I'm happy with that decision. With Son, I know the form isn't really there for him, but I just know he's a Premier League proven striker. He does he has previously banged goals for fun, and he's going to be the main man now at Spurs. I think he should be on penalties now. Um, with Madison being out, I think it's going to be a definite that he's on penalties. I just think for a one week punt, I really like the look of this. And then if the Visser and the Son Minhyun um, moves work out. They've got good fixtures after that as well. It leaves me two million in the bank, um, so maybe I'd like to, I could do something elsewhere. Um, but I do think long term I'm going to want Salah or a premium striker back in the fold. So I'm leaning towards this option two of taking out Jao Pedro for Vissa and taking out Salah for Son. Now Salah could do well against Newcastle away from home, but Newcastle put up a really good game against um, Man City away from home so 
I think there's every chance that Newcastle win that one. So I think that for a one-week punt, Son instead of Salah might not be so bad. And then coming on to those City um, defenders, because that's the, uh, sorry, City midfielders or attackers. I do like the look of Manchester City, especially Foden. I really want Foden. If I do go for this Son and Visser combination, um, and Bruno Fernandes doesn't do it against Nottingham Forest, and Foden does, I could still take Bruno out for Foden, and Foden's got a good fix to run after that. So I don't think going for this move completely rules me out um, of City by any chance. It just delays it by a week. So at the moment, I'm leaning towards option two. Let me know what you think is the best option here. Taking out Pedro and Bruno for Alvarez and Foden, or taking out Pedro for Vissa and taking out Salah for Son. Let me know in the comments below, option one or option two. I'm leaning towards option two, and I think that's the one that I'm going to be going for. That is everything for this episode, so thank you very much for watching. If you've enjoyed it, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel. And also, don't forget to check out that latest Dream Team Tonic podcast episode. That should be going live any moment now, and the link will be in the description below. So thank you very much for watching, and I'll see you on the next one. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.